Running Buds. Welcome to the Running Buds podcast. I am one of your hosts, Steve McNamee in Toledo, Ohio, and my other host is co-host is Charlie Lambricks. Hi, Charlie, in Utah. Utah. You said Toledo, which you're not technically, so I'll say Salt Lake City, which I'm not technically, but we're close enough. Yeah, yeah. The, um, the major bustling metrop- metropolitans of Salt Lake City and Toledo. <laughs> um yeah uh it's a it's a busy time of year it's we're getting past summer running wise it's it's the time to uh kind of break out of this uh the summer grogginess of heat and humidity humid here but kind of on the hot side there charlie has it been and then it's starting to cool off or or what's what are things things like things are changing dramatically um (laughs) here actually uh Wednesday night, I ran up City Creek, which I've probably mentioned more than a dozen times on this podcast, but it's an absolutely uh, wonderful place to run here in Salt Lake, Utah. Yeah. And uh, lots of trees and things, and it's through this canyon, and nice climb one way and a nice descent the other. Uh, Well, I did it Wednesday night. It's 13 miles total. Uh, I did it with friend of the podcast former guest ryan timmy uh the two of us did this wednesday night and then we did it again this morning uh it's a great prep for st george marathon which we have in two weeks uh anyway in just the two and a half days from doing it wednesday night to saturday morning uh like i said there's a ton of trees that you can see Mm -hmm. Uh, tremendous tremendous change in color it was probably maybe Two percent of leaves had changed from green to either yellow or lighter green or red to probably about mm, 10, 12 percent, which, you know, is still not many. It's just the beginning of fall, but it was a tremendous. Uh, you notice, you notice that. Yeah. For, yeah. For two and a half days. Uh, in fact, we had a bunch of swings and misses trying to catch leaves falling from the sky. Which was my next question. You you haven't gotten any yet? Charlie, well, I have I have two already. Listen, and I Steve, what? What? Nobody likes a braggart. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm not bragging because I know others that have more than me, but um I guess here in um Oak Tree Central, um, we probably have a lot more opportunities. I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah, we, you have so many more trees than us. We I can see a lot of trees just because I'm running down a canyon, but this is the treesiest of runs I, I possibly could have, and uh, I still don't have nearly the opportunity. Right. So, I mean, I'm dealing with more of a target-rich environment, I'd, I'd say. But, um, well, that's great. I mean, I, I, I say it's great because this time of year is, to me, my, this is my favorite time of the year to run. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, we, we've yeah, same is happening here. Catching those leaves. Um, oh, but yeah. I also have an additional challenge running in city creek specifically now we didn't see this morning but when we ran wednesday night uh we started around six finished a little before eight uh but at that time that's when the uh wolf spiders wolf spiders are uh hunting and we saw four of them which isn't a lot but these things are like the size of silver dollar pancakes and uh that's pretty terrifying and they they just kind of scuttle along on the uh the road in front of you uh so you have to really turn up your spy dar as i call it uh, 
Because you do not want to step on these or just have these things surprise you because they're big and they're ugly. And apparently they're not too harmful if they do bite, but still it would be traumatic to say the least. Now to do a little bit of uh, um, useful of Omaha's wild, what is that? Wild kingdom. Um, the, these are, you, you've lived around here. Are they around this part of the world, like the Midwest of, of the United States? Never. Uh, wolf spiders may or may not be. Uh, okay. But I've never. Okay. So we saw four of these suckers uh, Wednesday night. So two, three days ago. Yeah. Maybe two weeks before that, we saw one. And so those five spiders are the five largest spiders I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh my heaven. Okay. So, yeah. These are big, like big. I said like silver dollar pancake. So that's, that's a big spider, right? That like is a big can, spider. You can see that they are furry. They've got, they've got some, they got some girth to them. Oh my. They are. I had no idea. Uh, spiders. And the one we saw a couple weeks was easily the biggest spider I've ever seen. And that one just extra large for this larger species of spiders. Uh, I haven't looked up other places wolf spiders are. I'm okay. pretty sure you know that what? these are wolf spiders just because I've heard of them before mentioned uh, as being like prevalent in this area. And I Googled it. And yeah, these guys, I recognize them. Wolf spiders. What's funny is anytime I ever think of like moving or just spending time in another part of the world and i have spent time in utah and i loved utah but i always find out more information things like the presence of wolf spiders or or snakes or there's there's always another side to the story you know as you find out more it's it always uh any certain area is going to lose its appeal once you start especially wildlife some some dangerous wildlife is always a kind of a disqualifier to uh an otherwise perfect idea of a destination it's the reason i still haven't gone to uh new zealand i heard they have spiders the size of dinner plates and i have no interest. <laughs> exactly exactly and that's always like the last thing you consider you know you just consider like oh the scenery the the climate the the you know, near water that sort of thing and then you start you start finding out more and more and it's like let's think twice let's let's maybe visit but i don't want to i don't want to live there i don't want to run there at night or i don't want to I don't see myself relocating, but I've got well, another wolf spider. I've got another wolf spider fact. Well, I've got two wolf spider facts for you, Steve. Wow, and then we, this is, uh, we're really going down the, the rabbit hole of <laughs> wildlife. What you got? Well, um, I may or may not have mentioned before. I think I did on the podcast how when mutual running friend uh, Scott Daw was was moving across the country, leaving Utah. We decided to do a run that we've done many times out at a place called Jeremy Ranch. But to mix it up a bit, we did it at night, um, which was really kind of cool, especially because we went to a bar afterwards. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we did it at night. And I was just after seeing all these spiders, I was like, well, there's absolutely no way I'm ever wanting to do this run in the <laughs> middle of the night because um, my spider uh, is barely reliable uh, when there's light outside and ryan said well we would wear headlamps you know and when i was reading about wolf spiders they have especially large eyes 
so big that they will reflect light when hit with it. I was like, at first I was like, oh, that's good. So if we were to do this, you know, that we'd more likely to see them. But then as I was thinking about it, the idea of eight lights, uh, little (laughs) lit up eyes looking back at me on the road, that might just scare me more than just seeing the spider itself. Uh, So there's that, their eyes light up. But second is um, they don't make webs. Instead... They just chase down their prey to hunt and kill it and eat it. <laughs> so, so they're in on the running, the whole running scene. They're in yeah. on They're fine with that. And I was talking to Ryan. I think we're big enough and probably fast enough. Every time I've seen them, they've just been kind of chilling, you know? Yeah. Nothing, not in a hurry. I think we could outrun them and we're still much, much bigger than these spiders. But then it was like, we just ran this narrow strip of land uh, six and a half miles each way. If you just go out like even an eighth of a mile each way from that road, how many hundreds or possibly thousands more of these suckers are there? And what if they all work together? They could easily take us down and not have to hunt for weeks. If so they're, they're that close. close. <laughs> they're that close to taking us over. Is just their ability to coordinate. And then yeah. once that happens, we're through. Yeah, I, f- I feel like they're just as polarized as humans, though, so they can never all get on the same page. For <laughs> so we'll be okay. But yeah, this was spider talk. I would make a spider um, our picture for this episode, but I don't want to scare away listeners. So hopefully That's something else comes up during the episode that we can make. Charlie... Um, you and I, we've run together in the dark before on trails here. And uh, I don't know if this ever came up, but we do see just the little regular Midwest spiders. They they glow like little gem lights when you when you have a headlamp on. So that that phenomenon, it happens here. Phenomena, phenomenon, phenomenon happens here in the Midwest um, on a much smaller scale. They're pretty, um, you know, chill spiders, spiders go. They're pretty uh, friendly little guys. But um, yeah. yeah, that's hey, spider thing. Give, I don't want to give these wolf spiders a bad, bad rep. They've been, they've been cool. It's just their size of them. The sheer sure. size of them scares me. Oh, and I, I was telling Scott, that same guy about it, who moved to North Carolina, and instead of just acknowledging, yeah, you guys have big spiders, he tried to send us a picture of some puny-ass spider he has in North Carolina, and we were like, our spiders would beat the hell out of your stupid spiders. Our spiders are better. So even though they scare me, I kind of, you know, take pride in them. Yeah, this is a, this sounds like a TikTok challenge, or like a spider fight. We, we all get to with the biggest spider we can capture and just let them let them duke it out no, i'm not capturing any spider so i'm i'm out on <laughs> i give i give all creepy crawly things a wide berth <laughs> well listen sticking with the running podcast it's not talking about running um last week you you talked about last episode you talked about volunteering as i remember um but that last episode gosh they fly by Two episodes. Two episodes two, ago. Might be three. It might be three episodes. It was, it was in the recent past that yeah, we, uh, we discussed a little bit of. Uh, but yeah, you were you were there, I think. But uh, I spent my day volunteering. 
Um, Today? Uh, yeah, I did. It was, uh, what it was kind of an unusual. That? Funny enough. Good question, Charlie. Guess what? It was not a race. It was, uh, it, I volunteered at a uh, local running shops tent sale, uh, where I was like for a day, I was like Willie Loman, um, from death of a salesman, um, making a reference there. And then I had to explain the reference, but, um, I sold shoes for a day at a, at a tent sale. And, uh, I gotta tell you, it was kind of fun. It was pretty intense, but, uh, the main thing I learned, this is crazy. I think we've all thought about this, but when you see it, it's, it's doubly crazy, but you know, running shops, um, it's not strictly, they're not strictly populated by like hardcore runners like us. Um, I'd say most of the clientele is not in fact. No. And we know this, but we don't get to see this. Like I actually like today I just saw, I mean, I lived it and, uh, it was, it was pretty eye opening. It was, it was fun to do, but you know, here I am like, to me, everybody should be buying, uh, like vapor flies or, you know, carbon fiber cheater shoes. So, um, I think one of the first questions I have dealt with a, uh, a woman in her nineties who's having hip replacement surgery and oh wanted to know God. the correct shoe. And I'm just like, um, alpha flies, yeah, right? alpha, flies? <laughs> alpha, fly, alpha flies would have been perfect. Yeah. Um, so I, I sold her a pair of alpha flies, um, just because I, you know, you're going to need to compensate speed wise once you have the fake hip, um, with something lighter and faster, but. No, in all seriousness, uh, yeah, I got that question, and uh, I really had to like reprogram my mind um, for like idiots like us that are so used to like you know when you get a shoe, it's it's how does it uh, you know how does it how does it roll? Is it does it pro, pronate? Is it uh, it's a good response? You know all that nonsense. And, uh, you know, people actually wear and live in these shoes. And, uh, that was my day. That was, I spent four hours, um, facing the reality that we are the extreme minority of, uh, running shoe wearers. That was yeah, fun. I, I agree. I actually have had something kind of similar. Um, little guy need to get tubes put in his ears. He's had a ear infection that won't go away. So we got tubes in. So we take him in for this, uh, you know, quick procedure. Um, but they have to put them under. So it's, it's a, it's a bigger deal. And there was a few doctors and nurses involved and I couldn't help but notice all of these medical staff, uh, are frontline heroes, if you will. Um, hokas across the board. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense. Cause you know, they're on their feet all day, uh, doing a lot of yeah. walking on hard surfaces. So, you know, 18 inches or however big the hoka foam is uh it's probably beneficial <laughs> yeah i mean maybe they just all want to look taller which is <laughs> the side effect of some hocus but uh and i know yeah, that is funny of course because they are far and away the ugliest shoe brand um that's ever existed running or not <laughs> i do have to say that was a that was a major part of my day it was people that work um, not necessarily in healthcare, but, but their words to me was, uh, you know, I, I'm on my feet I'm all on day. My feet all day. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's just a common thing. And running shoes are really fit the bill. So, you know, I mean, we, we think about, like I said, the nuance of a running shoe and, you know, how it forms to our feet and how it, uh, how it throws us forward into our next stride. Yeah. And, uh, 
every every runner that came, they would never stoop to asking a question of somebody like me. You know, they know what they want, and they uh, pretty much grabbed what they want and then went on with their business. So every question I got really had to do with some kind of uh, um, like solving a, a little problem of life, and uh, I did. I felt like uh, I felt important. I really did. I felt like I was making a difference. That's funny. I was going to say, you know, I wonder then, well, first of all, it's kind of strange that you volunteer for a for-profit company doing a, a tent sale. That's, is that really volunteering or is it just working for free or, or is this some part of like some kind of fundraiser or, or what? Why, why were you? Um, I, I fulfill, um, it's, uh, all I'll say, I volunteer X amount of times a year as part of a, um, an activity that I partake in. So, um, but drug. the tent sales it's themselves drug. are, it's kind of over and above, like the shop is still open. So the tent is outside and, uh, it is, it is pretty busy. So, um, mainly it's, it's, it's grunt work, but just because of the nature of so many people being there, they inevitably ask questions thinking I'm, I'm more of an expert than I, than I might be. So I, and I'm willing to answer the questions, but well, I will but, say that while they are for-profit businesses, um, the running your local running store is very much a part of the running community. Yeah, and sure. uh, uh, life as a runner wouldn't be as as pleasant or good, and it'd be more expensive if they weren't there with their work and organizing races and and being kind of just a kind of a cornerstone of that community. So. While it is a for-profit company, I still appreciate you volunteering to to help them out. Dave's, well, you were with it Dave's. is Dave's, and uh, I will throw out there that uh, we we always have to sound like we're apologizing for the fact that a company is for-profit, and yeah, true, <laughs> all companies are for-profit, and uh, that is a good thing. Profit is is what makes the world go round, whether or not anybody else wants to admit it or like it, but it is it is fact, and uh, but, I'm, yeah, but. but the only reason I even mentioned their for-profit is because you were the one that said you were volunteering. And I was like, mm -hmm. paid for this, you know, <laughs> but either way. Yeah. But what I was going to say is as somebody working at a shoe store, I was wondering if they then get excited to see a real runner walk in, you know, they don't have to deal with somebody just trying to walk around the mall or, a 90 year old getting their hip replaced. Um, yeah. A, a real life runner to maybe talk stuff with and ask about what you're training for. But I'm thinking the last time I went into a running store to buy running shoes, it was kind of like, uh, where are your Canvaras? Thank you. Do you have this size? Thank you. That's all. Here's my, <laughs> here's my legal tender for this product. Goodbye. <laughs> and then so. yeah, and then you're gone 15 minutes later. Of course, you do always walk around to see if there's any uh, any good clothing that you absolutely need. But oh yeah, yeah check it out and be like, uh, mm, a little pricey, or yeah, that's a good deal, but not my color, etc. Yeah, of course. I happens. am the same way. Um, I'm going to say the other badass move among runners is walking into a running store and doing exactly what you just said, but not even looking at the shoes when they say, "Do you have a color preference?" And I just say. No, I do not. And I refuse to even look at them. And, uh, and I walk out like, all right, like I'm not. James that Bond. Cool. No, you do. You, yeah. You, you need to see a color. 
yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll eyeball them up and I'll have a preference. Definitely. Yeah. I do end up with a lot of ugly shoes. I will say that. I don't, I don't know if it's a known fact that when I walk into a running store and, and make that move that they're, they are sticking me with usually a black shoe, which I hate, but I have, oh, uh, I have more than my share of black shoes. You're a walking a contradiction. This is because you don't look at the color. Of course, they're going to give you the black shoes because they can't get, they can't give those away. And then this guy, <laughs> this guy walks in all weird, looking at the ceiling, refusing to look at the shoes. And they're like, hey, just give him the black ones. He's not even looking. <laughs> It, it's like uh, my moment of just being a badass because I, I get it's so it's so rare I get that you know I'm, I, I'm I'm losing speed as I age I mean everything about me just screams uh average 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 and these these little moments where I get to just put myself out there is like I'm, I'm too good to know what color shoes I'm getting but I don't care that's that to me is a big win I mean I do I strut around the rest of the day like I like I own every establishment I walk into you know I'm I'm, I'm surprised when I walk into a bar afterwards and they don't give me a free beer I'm so cool but um yeah that's uh that's that's just a, a thing that's try it try it sometime just roll the dice it's it's living Charlie it's living at its maximum speed you know what I, I generally go with <laughs> as uh, as loud of running shoes as I can because um, why not? You know, I don't yeah. I, I prefer a bold running shoe that's uh, if they have a neon color of any sort. I'll do that. Sometimes I've ended up with a little more dull ones. But if I have the option, I'll go with the bolder one. But um I almost never wear my running shoes for anything but running or going to or coming from a run. And one day, uh, I ran to work. Have you ever done this, Steve? Have you ever been able to commute to your place of employment by running? Uh, via bike, via bike, but not. I have not been able to. Um, the closest I come is I run, and then I, I directly go to work afterwards, sweaty yeah. and uh, filthy, but... I've done um, that no. a few times, but this was the first time I, I did it. And a, and a guy I work with, fellow runner, uh, Jake, he was doing it from his house. And there was this point we realized that we would intersect and could finish the run together. So um, he planned it, actually. And then I jumped on board and um, so packed a bag the day before and remembered everything but my work shoes. Work and shoes, I sure. a pretty business casual place. I think I had jeans that I packed, but... Uh, still, I, I will not, well, I, I like my loud running shoes. My normal shoes are just don't bring attention to my, me no, no. <laughs> kind of thing in general. No. In general. And uh, I forgot the shoes. So then all, I just had to wear my running shoes then. And I kind of felt self-conscious and, and not even of kind of, I would like broach it. If I had a meeting or something, I'd be like, ah, look at my shoes. I forgot my shoes. Isn't that funny? Just like, <laughs> like it was, sorry guys. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was un uncomfortable. So I don't know the point of telling you that, but I like a loud shoe until I'm not running. Then it's like, Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Until you get tangled up in your own web of lies. Um, yeah. That's funny. You mentioned that. Cause I had the same experience uh, when I, I did a run and I forgot to bring my, now where I work, I need boots. So I forgot my boots and I had to wear running shoes. Now they weren't loud, but it's the uh, running shoes are a far cry from boots. And um, I hated spending the time in the shoes that I, I, like you say, I reserve only for running 
you know, they are, I mean, to me, every step you take in a running shoe is, is uh, sacred. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's just a wear so on the shoe. Funny. You just kind of snap into running mode and you don't even think about your feet anymore. And, and the entire time you've got those sweaty clothes or whatever, and I've done grocery shopping or run errands after a run or before a run and never thought anything of it. But as soon as you just kind of have these things mixed into regular life, it's like, ooh, weird. This is odd. Yeah, exactly. Um, it is. We, we just follow a whole different set of rules. I, I, I kind of laugh at uh, the, um, one of the more quoted movies of all time is the Shawshank Redemption. And there's the line in there that, you know, like, honestly, how often do you look at a man's shoes? And you know what I was all the time. What the, like, I'm obsessed with people's shoes. Are you kidding me? Like if I was a prison guard, uh, Andy Ufrain would have, he wouldn't have made it out that hole. He would have been, he would have been in solitary for two months. Tremendous Morgan Freeman, AKA red. No, not, it's not red Fortman. Red form is a dad um, at 70s show. It's red something. It anyway. is red. I don't Did we get a last name? But yeah, but thank you. That was, uh, it, if I had to think about it, I wouldn't be able to do it. But when I just uh, lapse into it, I don't know if it was really that good. I think you're pandering at the moment, but. No, I liked um, it. I liked it. I don't think anybody would say, was that Morgan Freeman? But it was, uh, it was good. But nonetheless. <laughs> we don't we don't do a lot of impressions on the show so to that is and, one thing we're lacking is a good impression part yeah like to this show yeah there's not a lot of running impressions that are worth doing we're not dick Purton's people for those that listen to 104.3 womc back in the day back in the day um so yeah that's uh um that was my day and uh um I'm telling you, it's just a new perspective though. And, and, but it was fun. It was fun dealing with non runners because runners just get tiresome. Don't they? <laughs> oh, most insufferable worst people on, on the planet earth. <laughs> so okay, uh, Steve, I got one. I oh, can... Go ahead. Let me, let me hear what you got. Cause I think I've yours is better a, than mine. I've got a bad transition. That's what I was going to try and do is segue. Do Cause I've actually got a mailbag item. We'd like, oh, I'd like to discuss. Oh, let's hear this. So Jeff Sperlin, a uh, friend of the podcast, uh, long t- uh, one-time guest, long time ago, he was that brave soul, if you don't remember, Steve, who did the uh, uh, recorded right before and right after his first ever marathon. Uh, but that's neither oh, here nor there. He commented on uh, the last episode where we talked about the Olympic marathon and yeah. the guy from Belgium and the guy from somewhere else denmark yeah, we, we don't know names we just we reduce them to their nation but yeah <laughs> yes he uh he gave a little extra background um i think he gave it in a tone of you guys should have also mentioned um that's at least the impression i got that um these guys uh, are both from somalia originally and i think they were like have known each other for a very long time and uh, they both escaped a war-torn Somalia. So when you add that kind of context, then um, whatever they're doing during even a race as big as the Olympic marathon, uh, trivial is not the right word, but it's 
it's small potatoes compared to, you know, the kind of bond you would have through something like that. So I kind of understand a little bit more uh, risking a metal um, that the, the Denmark Danish Danish yeah. from Denmark. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. That, Is that, that was right? in context? Yeah, that's uh, that's a very uh, uh, interesting and fair point. Um, and I think you know a lot of a lot of athletes from that that part of the world. You know, they do have very difficult. Uh, I know uh, Meb Meb escaped. I think it's quite a story um, how he escaped uh, Eritrea and oh, came to the United man. States as a young man. So, um, you know, let me real quick. I have seen the spelling of his country, uh, original where he was born country several times. And yeah. I had no idea how to pronounce it. That was great. Oh, I hope I'm, I hope to God I'm pronouncing it right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, I'm, I'm fairly sure. And I'm going to try it again. Cause I don't think I can do it twice, but, uh, Eritrea and, uh, um, yeah, I, I don't remember all the specifics, but I know he was a young man and, uh, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it's essentially for a lot of those athletes, especially if they're, if they're not from that country any longer, they're, many of them are, are refugees, you know, they don't, they, uh, you know, the, the graduate from college and then emigrate, emigrate from their country to another country. It's, it's under difficult circumstances. And, uh, you know, they, obviously they bring their talent with them to whatever country they, they, they go to, they embrace the, that nation. And, uh, that is a cool story though, about the, the silver and the bronze medalists from the latest Olympic games. That drive is, has got to never leave you though, escaping a situation like that. And I've heard Meb, um, speak before and, and he kind of talks about just the, uh, the challenges he had growing up, um, the tough living situation, the uh, incredible poverty and, and how, um, you know, when you're able to rise up out of that, you know, when you're in mile 22, 23 and everything hurts, uh, I'd imagine that kind of fortitude um, is part of part of the success that that so many from East Africa still have. Because, I mean, Kenya, Ethiopia, uh, Somalia, the country I'm not going to try and pronounce that you just did successfully twice. <laughs> I mean, just like incredible poverty and. And and the the really rough part though too is that it gives so much um, pressure to perform, and there's such a payoff to being successful that the uh, the risk reward and uh, performance enhancing drugs is just way too high, and it's really unfortunate. I remember like Rita Jeptu, who I don't know if you remember that name from a couple of years I ago, but I do broke two twenty a couple times in a row was just like incredibly successful uh, women's marathoner and then you find and then she got popped with uh, PEDs and really hasn't been heard from since but just like the life she was able to have compared to what it would have been without that marathon success it's just too too much of a reward not to make that risk so yeah that's that's also a fair point and uh I think that's, uh, well, we, you know, we've, we've done the PED things, but it, it's common among athletes that, you know, are looking, but yeah, I can looking for that, that, that next high, I guess, from, from our point of, from the American point of view, but yeah, when you, when you bring in that, 
that angle. Yeah, you're right. That's uh, I never thought of that. That and PED usage is not, you know, solely from East Africa. I mean, it's across every and any sport. I mean, even bicycling, it's. Maybe. No, I, I didn't know that. Almost, I never, I've never heard that. So, <laughs> yeah, right. uh, that's funny. Um, yeah. um, you know, funny enough, uh, I have a race tomorrow, Charlie. Should I mention that real quickly? Um, you not to, mentioned not to... it, just the two of us talking, but not on the podcast. Yeah, you have I did. A, um, a bit of a Toledo Classic tomorrow. I feel like, yeah, I have a Toledo Classic, but have you ever, um, I don't know, I, I don't, have you ever used the term an A race? You know, you have an A race, like it's, I mean, what does that term mean to you? <laughs> and went to a dark place when you say that, but an A race, it's like, yeah, I just, yeah. just sorry, it's, I, I don't know, I was reading reading something about or the affecting it but i know oh, wow. about an a race versus a b race this is is this yeah. not an a race for you um you know i think at, at this point of the night it, um yeah we were, we we're talking about peds i'm i'm sitting in front of the opposite of a ped right now i'm i'm enjoying a a nice glass of beer and i've, I've had a couple i mean not a lot but um I will say that uh, if it's an A race, I, I wouldn't have had a couple of beers. It, it's a Saturday night in fairness, um, and, and I'm trying to relax my weekend away. But, uh, yeah, once in a while, it, it's kind. Of, I guess it's kind of fun just to see how a race goes uh, when, when you don't treat it as an A race and, and maybe the, the night before is, is a little indulgent. Um, what time have, does the race ever, start tomorrow? It's not till 9 o'clock. So, to me, 9 o'clock literally the middle of the day and <laughs> when it really is when my alarm goes off at seven i feel like i am i am well rested i i can sleep off anything that comes my way the night before and nine o'clock is uh um it, it's it's high that's noon a late it, start. yeah that's a late it is start. a late start yeah it is so um you get to sleep yeah, in relatively speaking for a race that's sleep that in. is that is sleeping in. So, and this yeah. is the oak oak openings. Uh, I love this name, Stampede. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's it's a it's a rare distance. It's twenty five k. Um, it's a trail race. Um, so it's it's a distance. There's not a lot of twenty five k races around, but uh, yeah, it's it's a fun it's a fun trail race. Uh, it's not particularly fast because it is a trail race, and it's it's pretty windy as trail races go across the United States, um, it's, it's pretty flat. I mean, it, you, you've done it before, so. It's extremely it's, flat for a trail. Yeah. It's a Rudy, right? Is that my saying it? Rudy or Rudy? How would you say it? Um, uh, I'd say that's, that's about it. A bit technical with roots. Yeah. That's yeah. True. Yeah, there is, but, um, Great race. yeah, yeah. It's, it's fun. It's cool. cool metal um, too. Is it still the tree trunk metals? Yeah, it is. It is. There's they make little uh, metals out of tree trunks. And uh, do you remember the other, um, the, what the other? How would I say it? The other uh, challenge of the race. I don't know if you remember this or not. Oak openings. Um, this, yeah, the, oh. the, uh, it's a very unique 
um, challenge that faces the runners. No, what is it? No, it's things. Do you remember the there's there's oh. wasp nests generally kind of early in the race, but here and there. But uh, um, the first few kind of stir up the the bees on the ground. And then after that, um, the bees start getting a little pissed off. You know what? I and... feel like I completely forgot that. Now I'm half remembering like everybody coming back and just having a conversation about how many bee stings they got. <laughs> so yeah, um, it is a little bit. So this podcast not coming out till after the race starts, I, I feel okay pointing this back out, but <laughs> Um, it's, it's the, one of the race strategies is to get a hell of a good start. Um, even if it means going out too fast, but you've got to be, you've got to be towards the front or you are getting zapped by bees. And uh, that's a pain in the ass. It's bad enough when you're just running and get stung, which it's only happened to me a couple of times, but. Um, or if we want to be more technical, it's probably wasps. Wasps. Bees yeah. yeah. Thank you. Likely to be kind to bees. We need them. Well, yeah, we do need bees, and we we have proven ourselves a podcast that is um, very well, we're very aware of insects, at least on this this particular podcast <laughs> yeah, tonight. So. Yeah, we really so, are this time. We, well, we do uh, have to be correct. Spiders are technically not insects, by the way. Thank you. They are what, they are arachnids, which yeah, there you go. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I you haven't know, had that much to say. Something controversial here. You said it's an odd distance, twenty five k. I want to say back in the day, I know that 15 K's used to be very popular, 9.3 miles. And I want to say 25 K's were much more popular, 15.5. And then with the like emergence of half marathons um, or mini marathons, you've heard mini marathons is a fairly common term for a half marathon, right? I was having this conversation with somebody. No, I I I heard that term first um, eight seconds ago. I've the mini marathon. Oh, interesting. Yeah, St. George here, and you the half marathon to their marathon, and they're calling it the mini marathon, which uh, some people thought was strange. But I know that like the Indy Five Hundred mini marathon has been called that for a long time, and I'm gonna say there's never noticed. Yeah, I, I assumed it was an old school term. But anyway, half marathons weren't that prevalent. And then I think they kind of just replaced both 15Ks and 25Ks. And for my money, I I wish it that wasn't the case. I'd rather have 15Ks and 25Ks, even if it meant, in, meant, you know, trading in half marathons. I just think they're cooler, more interesting distances and that they're, they're very different from each other. And I wish both... <laughs> instead of being replaced by 13.1 i'm kind of with you there and i i I, i'm i probably said this before but i think that calling something a half marathon really just kind of cheapens it and a half marathon really has nothing to do with a marathon it's it's kind of an oversale um, a marathon is its own thing and calling another run even even if it's half distance a half marathon um the two so must- could not be more diametrically different. I mean, the, the shit storm that waits for you from mile 13.2 till 26.2 is, uh, is so, so far from the reality of a half marathon. They shouldn't even be. The marathon related. is three, 
I've always said a than a half marathon. Yeah, absolutely fair. It's fair. Yeah. So, do you like marathon better or worse than the term half marathon? Is that better? Because mini marathon makes it, you know, it still says marathon, but nothing is more belittling than. It's far, far more. It is. It is for. Yeah, it's it's a lot more belittling. So I'm gonna. I would continue with the term half marathon. Um. Yeah. Mini is. Uh. Mini brings to to mind a lot of negativity. Half Mm -hmm. is at least. Uh. I don't know. Like if you get like a half serving of ribs, you know, it still it still fills you up. But a mini serving of ribs or dinner is. Uh. It's for kids. Yeah. That's true. That being said, <laughs> I've always terrible. wanted to do that mini marathon, the indie one, uh, because they have a kind of a cool shtick. Um, 500 finishers, because it's all based around, you know, Indy 500 is its whole theme or motif. If um, the top, the and I mean, this, this race gets thousands and thousands, uh, but the type 500 get their own special medal. That's kind of cool, isn't it? Oh, now see, that is cool. And the Indianapolis is also known besides the Indy 500, they have the mini 500, which is a bicycle race, which was immortalized in the movie breaking away. So Wait, I they almost call it wonder. The, they call it the bike race? Yeah, it's the, it is the mini 500. Yeah. Indianapolis so. love the word mini for some reason. It could be. I mean, maybe it's just all derived from the bike race because the bike race has become legend since the, the movie breaking away so okay who knows who knows how these things gain momentum we've got listeners in in indiana we've also got uh steve hobb indiana maybe he can uh figure this out for us because lord knows we're not going to look it up no (laughs) yeah i've said all i'm going to say about after all right tonight i won't uh, care it's damn near 10 p.m. your time. And uh, you've got a couple beers in front of you. You said, I've also got an anti-PED. Uh, literally sitting on my belly is some raspberry dark chocolate ice cream that is starting to melt. So, Ooh, yeah, you better get after that. You finish those beers, I'm going to finish this ice cream. Uh, how can people get a hold of us, Steve? Oh, Charlie, there's so many ways. We're on Twitter. We are at... Uh... Um, gosh, what's our hand? I'm playing on our handle because I wanted to go back to Buds Running, which we're not Buds Running anymore. Our handle is at Running Buds Podcast. Thank you. Uh, we're on Gmail at the same handle, Running Buds Running Podcast, Buds Podcast at, gmail. at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm coming along. Yeah, I just blanked on one thing. We're on Facebook, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm a big lover of the Facebook. Um, so hit us up on Facebook. You can just do a search if you're not already a page member. And lastly, but not leastly, we're on my favorite Strava and join our group and get your runs in and kudos all of your running buds friends. I love the fact that you say you only forgot one thing in talking. Oh, what else did I forget? Which is the handle. No, the one thing you forgot is the most important thing. All right, guys. Uh, we need a song. Uh, 
Steve. I actually have a song. This is kind of Good. funny. I thought of this the other it? day. We, you know, we started the show with the changing temperatures. And uh, when this happens, I didn't even mention this, but um, I don't, does this happen? Do you get teary eyed at all when you run? My eyes water like crazy. Like I will literally look like I'm crying when I run. You just um, love that much? I, I must, it, but You're it's just so it's, happy that the weather's cooler. <laughs> I'm, I almost like when I meet people running, I almost turn my head away so they can't see, but I do. I have tears running down my eyes. I don't know if it's the dry air that hits my eyes, but my eyes just tear up like crazy. But, uh, um, funny enough, I was running the other day and I thought, you know what, this is, uh, I don't know why it popped into my head probably cause I was almost crying from, from uh the the dry air but anyways save your tears by the weekend i love the song and it's a great running song and uh that's how we're closing the show with the weekend save your tears love the weekend save your tears we are the running buds and we will talk to you guys later cheers running buds <laughs>